My name is Philip Green. Um, many of y'all probably know me. I've kind of I was raised in this church. Um, I am a junior at Texas Tech, and I uh, I went to an Aggie wedding last weekend, and um, it was a bit overwhelming. So I I just want to take this chance to say Reckham. And uh, if you see right here, um, that's Michael Crabtree. He used to be a wide receiver at Texas Tech, and that is an Aggie defender. I don't know what his name is. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> But if you see, he's missing um, him, and he probably just scored a touchdown. So I just want to take the chance to say that and say Reckham Tech. Um, but uh, getting started, I really do want to commend this church on how well they execute foreign and local missions. It's been a huge blessing for me to be able to, to grow up in this church um, and, and have the things instilled in me that have been instilled in me and have the, the mission-mindedness um, um, taught to me since I was um, a kid. And so uh, I do want to commend you, but what I want to talk to you this morning is taking that same mission-mindedness, that same um, prayer, that same effort, and putting it into our daily lives and how we live our daily lives um, with the people that we encounter every day, with your coworkers, with your fellow students if you're in school, wherever you're at. I want to talk about that. Um, so, so the question I have for you this morning is, um, what if we put as much prayer and effort into our daily lives and the people we encounter in our daily lives that we put into organized foreign and local mission trips? That's the question I want to ask you, uh, and what, what do you think God would do? That's what I want to talk about. Um, so the main issue on hand is what I found, and I found this in my life, and I found it in some of my friends' lives, is that we tend to, to segregate our lives into like different boxes. So I have my church box right here, and then I'll have my work box, and then I'll have my school box. And, and so uh, in my church life, like, God has, God has free reign to do whatever he wants. If he wants to bring me to Africa, he can bring me there. If he wants to bring me to Columbia, I'm down. Let's go. Um, it, he has free reign to do whatever he wants. But then I found in, in, my, in my work life, it's, it's really more, I need to make as much money as I can, and I need to get as many promotions as I can. So God, you have a little leeway, but, but mainly it's me. I got this one. And then in my school life, I, I got to get good grades, and I, I got to, sometimes I don't feel like going to class, God, so, so I'm not going to. And I still have control there, too. And, and so where God might have all control in my ministry and when I'm at church, he has n literally no control when I'm at school and when I'm at uh, work. And, and the problem is, is I'm at church two days out of the week, but I'm at work and I'm at school every day the rest of the week. And so what I found is that my ministry is virtually ineffective whenever um, God doesn't have control. And so what I want to do today is I want to put some practicality to living missionally. Uh, I feel like we've all heard growing up that um, we need to live a missional life. But what does that mean? What does that look like and how do we do that? So I, I got six points this morning that I want um, to, to play before you just as um, kind of a, some, I don't know, not tips, but just some ways to, to living missionally. And so um, the first things first is, like I said earlier, you have to give all of yourself to God, 100%. If you're a Christian in this room, it's because you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That, that's Romans 9.10. And so the, the part I want to look at right now is that it says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Um, the literal Greek translation for Lord here is kuros. And it means he to whom a person or thing belongs, about which he has power or deciding. Master, Lord. The owner, one who has control of a person, the master. So when, so when you accept Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you're giving him full control. You're giving him full reign of your life. He is your owner. He tells you what to do. He is your master. And so, um, 
And so you have to give yourself 100% to God. You have to give him completely God. Lordship means everything. It's more than Sundays. It's more than just Wednesdays. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, and it's all 24 hours of the day. So um, I'm not saying you're not saved if you're, if you're just living on Sundays and Wednesdays. But I'm, what I'm saying is that you, God has so much more for you. God has so much more to offer you. And God has called you to so much more. And God wants, he has invited us to be the hands and feet. He has invited us to live with him every day. Um, so the first things first is give yourself completely to God. You have to start there. You can't start anywhere else. Um, the second thing is to make that decision daily. Um, believe it or not, we are all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, and we're not perfect. There's only one man that walked the earth, and that was Jesus that was perfect. And so you have to wake up every single morning, and you have to decide to live for him. Um, Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 15.31 that he dies every day. We have to pick up our cross every day, and we have to make that decision that we're going to live for him. Um, because we can't do it without him. Um, when I was a kid, I, I, I was very blessed growing up. My mom and my dad, um, they're Christian mother, Christian father, and they raised me very well. And my mom used to always tell me, I used to think it was the corniest thing. Um, she would say, when you get up in the morning, Philip, put on the armor of God. You literally say it out loud and, and act like you're putting it on. And I was like, oh, man, this is corny. I don't want to do this. But um, I, I do it sometimes. And and so, so I'd get up in the morning, and I'd put on my belt of truth, and I'd put on my breastplate of righteousness, and my sandals of readiness and peace, and I'd pick up my shield of faith and my sword of the Spirit, and lastly, I would put on my helmet of salvation every single day. Every single day, I would, I would say, God, I'm living for you. I'm putting on my salvation. Um, I belong to you. And so as I got older, I realized that this was more than just some um, joke or some little thing to do in the morning, but it, it was a declaration of who I was going to live for that day. He was getting up in the morning and saying, God, I belong to you. I am your son. I am your warrior. I'm going to fight for you today. And, and sometimes I'd have to do it like 10 times a day because I, I'm a sinner and I sin and I need God's grace and we all do. And so there'd be days where I need to rededicate myself over and over and over and I would mess up and I need to say, okay, God, this is the last time I promise. And so I'd rededicate myself and then just keep going. But it doesn't matter how many times you have to do it. You, we need to continue to make the decision to live for Christ. Um, so the second thing is continue to make that decision. The third thing I want to talk to you about when living missionally is you need to have a heart for the people you're trying to reach. Whether it's your coworkers at work or students at school, wherever you find yourself, the setting you find yourself, you need to have a heart for the people you're trying to reach. Um, a great example of this is in Romans 9.3. Um, Paul says, I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers. He says, I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers. Um, that's incredible. He, he, he's, he's, he's following the example of Christ. He, he's putting himself um, below his, his brothers. And he, that's the passion and the love that he has for them. And so it is my desire to have that passion for the lost. And I hope that it's your desire too. Um, but, but I don't always have that passion. And there's times that I struggle with showing compassion. And so there's three things that I want to talk to you all about. Are three um, Three things you can practice to, to help you de um, develop this heart for the lost. The first thing is um, pray for God to soften your heart. Um, because God is the only one that can soften your heart. God is the only one that can, um, can instill that compassion in you. Um, so, so pray for, for the Lord to just come and do a work in you. And to move you to, to have compassion for those people that need Jesus. Um, the second thing I would, I would have you do is to begin to develop relationships with the people you're trying to reach. 
Um, if, if you can't develop a relationship, then you're not going to be very effective. Um, Jesus um, lived his life through relationships. We look at how Jesus in his three-year stint, how he walked with the disciples, and he talked with them, and he ate with them, and he slept with them. He did everything with them. And it was those disciples that carried out the message. It was those disciples that brought the word um, to, the, to the, all the lands. And so begin to, to form relationships with the people you're trying to reach. Um, I, I would encourage you, if, if you're in a workplace, um, to try and meet outside of the setting that you're in. Try and, and break that barrier from just a coworker or just a student to someone that's really trying to get to know um, whoever it is, um, because there is a barrier um, there. So I would, I would encourage you to try and meet outside of the setting you find yourself in. The third thing I would encourage you to do is to look back on your own life. Um, look back to a time when you needed God's grace. Look back to a time when you were lost, when you, had, um, when you felt hopeless, when you felt despair, when you felt separated from God. Um, we need God's grace just as much as a non-believer does, and we need it every day. Um, so I, I, I grew up in the church, many of y'all know, probably know my testimony a little bit. Um, when I, I grew up in this youth group, and it was a huge blessing, but in high school I began to drift away. Um, I began to make decisions on my own. Um, I started getting into the party scene. I started experimenting with drugs. Um, stupid stuff, but if it wasn't for the grace that um, many of my, my friends and my roommate Josh and my parents and people in this church showed me, if it wasn't for that grace that they put into me, um, I wouldn't be here this morning talking to you. And so we're all in need of God's grace just as much as anyone else is. And they need Jesus' love just as much as we do. So um, I'd encourage you, if you're having a hard time showing that love and compassion, look back to a time when you needed it. Look back to a time when someone showed you grace, when someone showed you compassion, when someone showed you mercy through Jesus Christ. Um, so those are the three things. Pray that God will soften your heart, develop relationships, and look back onto your own life. If we can do those three things, I think that we'll begin to to establish this passion within us that's much like Paul's, where we'll be ready to step, um, step down and, and put others above ourselves. Okay, um, the first three things that we just talked about were give yourself completely to God, continually make the decision, and have a heart for the people you're trying to reach. If we can do those three things, I think that naturally we're going to live an outwardly focused missional life. I think that's just going to happen because we're training ourselves to do that, and we're living under Christ, and Christ is going to guide us there. But I want to take it a step further. What can we do to see revival? What can we do to see miraculous things happen? Um, God has big plans, and I know that God is waiting to move. Um, so the, the fourth thing that I want to talk about is that we need to unite with other believers. Um, and, I, and I want to take a step back, and I want to share with you a little bit about what's going on in Lubbock. Um, like I said, I'm at Texas Tech. I'm a junior there, and I've had the opportunity this uh, past semester to start a new ministry. Um, it's called Unite. And... Um, this ministry, the, the purpose, it's, not, it's more of like a worship service on Friday nights, and it's, it's kind of taking the place of another one that was called Midnight Worship. And the purpose of this, um, this service is to bring all the, there's like a hundred bajillion um, campus ministries in Lubbock, and so it brings them all together in, in one worship service, and it, it, it's us just being the body and worshiping God together. And so as the, being on the leadership of this, uh, we were all talking about what God wanted to do with this service, and um, we all decided that God really, God wants us to be outwardly focused. He wants it to be missional-minded. He doesn't want it just to be another worship service. Um, he doesn't want it just to be inwardly focused about ourselves, but he wants it to be outward. And so we were seeking, um, seeking why unite? Why, what's the purpose of it? God, why do we need to unite? And God brought us to this um, passage. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 17, 20. It'll be on the screen. It says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message 
that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And that, that last verse is the one I really want to concentrate on. It says, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And so we came to this um, realization that we don't just unite for the sake of unity. We don't unite so we can say, hey, God, look at us. We're, we're united. Um, kudos, you know. We're, we, we unite so that the world will know that God sent Jesus and that God loves um, them just as much as he loves Jesus. And so um, this has kind of brought us to this point where we're, we're beginning to develop these things called missional communities. And we're developing a website right now. And what this website will do is um, it's going to bring, it'll link Christians together. And so, for instance, I'm a human development family studies major at Tech, and so that puts me in the human science building a lot. Um, so this website is going to link me with other um, people in the human science building, three, four, five people. And, and through that, we'll have accountability, and we, can, we now have a more focused uh, mission field. We have the human science building instead of Texas Tech. And ideally, these groups will pop up in all these buildings. And so um, we'll be reaching tech. And so, um, so I know y'all all want to come back and be Red Raiders with me. I know y'all all want to go to tech, but that's not possible. And so, um, so I, I encourage you to bring this, bring this idea to, into your workplace. Bring it into your schools. Um, I, I ask that you pray for unity um, wherever you're at. If you're at your work, pray that God will bring other coworkers that are seeking Christ and that have the same desires that you do. If you're in school, pray that God will bring students that have the same passion and desire to see the lost changed um, and, and saved. Um, and so I talked about it just a second ago. Through, this, through the connection, we have accountability. Um, there's a, a verse in Ecclesiastes, and it talks about how two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Though on... Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so um, there's strength with numbers. And, and um, I, I say accountability because um, I'm going to ask you here in a second that you begin to pray for the mission field that God's given you. And um, you have accountability to, to pray and to be missional when you have people holding you up. And so that kind of brings me into um, my fifth point. And it's um, pray for the mission field that God has given you. Um, Many of you have heard of like the miracles in Cambodia where hundreds and hundreds of people are coming to the Lord. Um, I have faith that God will do that at Texas Tech. Um, I'm confident that God will change Texas Tech and God will bring revival to Texas Tech. And I'm confident because in Matthew 9, 37, 38, it says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Um, God is ready. He's ready to move. He's ready to, to use you. Um, but he's invited us to be the hands and feet. And so I ask you, do you believe that God can change your workplace? Do you believe that God can change your schools or wherever you're at? Um, if you do, I encourage you to start somewhere. Start with prayer. Um, start praying for that mission field. I, I encourage you to meet once a month, once a week, whatever it is, with the other believers that God brings to you. And begin to pray that God will move and that God will change the mission field he has given you. Once you've started that, increase it. If you've been doing once a month, start praying once a week. If you've been doing once a week, start praying three times a week. Um, in Ephesians 6.18, it says, pray, pray in the Spirit on all occasions for all kinds of requests. And um, 
I, I guarantee you can never have too much prayer. Um, so start with prayer. And then also I want to encourage y'all to be the body here. Um, lift each other up here. Um, they were talking about the, the triads and the quads earlier. That's a perfect place to encourage each other, to motivate each other, and, and to keep each other accountable to what God has given you. Um, God has given you a mission field, and, and, and it, is your, it is your job to go out and, and be a missionary there. Um, this brings me to my last point. This is the last thing I want to talk about, and it's dream big and live practically. Um, when I first got to Texas Tech uh, a year and a half ago, I had this, I had this passion just to see um, it change. I, I wanted to see revival. I wanted to see incredible things happen. I wanted to see hundreds of people come to Christ. And so I would pray. I prayed and I prayed and I'd get on my knees and I'd cry and I'd yell and I'd say, God, why aren't you doing anything? I've been praying for three months and I haven't seen you do anything. I haven't led one person to the Lord. And, and, um, and it wasn't until I, I saw how my friend Zach Esker was living. It's, he's, he's my mentor now. And, and I, I saw how he was living. And, and he lived a very intentional life. Every person he came in contact with, um, he was sharing the love of Christ with. Not, he wasn't throwing up Jesus on them. But he was just saying, hey, like, he was just being a friend. And he was loving them. And he was loving and being intentional with them. He was being genuine. He was establishing relationships. Um, the, the next semester at Tech, I... We, I went on this retreat with the Wesley Foundation, and uh, the purpose of the retreat is kind of a discipleship retreat, and part of that, we had to share our testimonies. And I kid you not, over half of the people there um, said that if it wasn't for Zach, that they wouldn't be there right now, and they wouldn't be following Christ right now. And I was, it blew my mind, and it really convicted me. I had been praying and praying and praying for God to move, and God was laying it out for me. He was saying, here, there's a person right next to you in class you're walking past hundreds of non-believers every day. Why aren't you doing my work? And so what I wanted was I wanted to pray, and I wanted to see the results. I wanted God to do all the work. Um, but it doesn't work like that. God has asked us to be the hands and feet. He has called us to be the hands and feet, and he lets us be the hands and feet. He lets us do his work. Praise God. And so, um, so dream big, but live it out. Start small. Start somewhere. Start with prayer. Start talking to the next person next to you in the next cubicle or the person that sits next to you in class. Um, do his work. I do want to warn you that whenever um, you do begin to live a life that is missional-minded and you begin to live and do the Lord's work, there will always be opposition. Um, because when you do the Lord's work, the enemy is going to try and stop you. So that's why it is so important for you all to be the body in this building, to be, um, have accountability, have people encouraging you here in this church. And keep up with each other and what's going on. Um, so I, again, just want to ask y'all to be the body here. Um, one last thing. Uh, there's a man named Justin Christopher. He, he's been at UT. He, was, he started going to the University of Texas 21 years ago. And 21 years ago, um, God gave him a vision and a passion, very similar to the one that I'm, ex I'm sharing with you today, um, to see the University of Texas change through revival and through unity. Um, and in his book, I'm reading his book right now, he says that, he, he's been, he prayed, and, and they've been doing all these things. They've been doing them for like 10 years. And he, he was asking God, like, why have you, God, why aren't you doing anything? We've been doing this for 10 years. We know you're doing, we're doing your work. We know you're doing what you want to do. And he said it wasn't until they took a step back and looked where God had brought them from. Um, and seen they, then they saw the hundreds of people that, that, had, come to come, that had come to know the Lord um, through their ministry. And so uh, if you feel like you're not being effective, I just want to encourage you to keep pressing on, keep persevering, because if you're doing the Lord's work, he will not return void, and his word will not return void. I encourage you, I just want to say one more time, to please be the hands and feet 
Um, do what God has called us to do, and let's be missional-minded. I want to thank you just for the opportunity to be able to um, come and speak with you. It's been a huge blessing to grow up in this church. I said it in the last service. I have 500 moms and 500 dads in this church, and it's been a, a, an incredible blessing, and it's, it's brought me so far, um, and it's let me um, step into the calling that God's called me to do. So I want to thank you all. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back up, and then uh, we'll go from there. Father, we just thank you for, for who you are. We thank you that you invite us to be the hands and feet. We thank you that you call us to be more, Father. We thank you that we, you let us share in your glory. You let us bask in your glory, Father God. I pray for conviction this morning, God, that you will call us um, into a missional life, that you will call us um, to be more than just coming to church on Sundays and Wednesdays, God. God, would you move in us this morning, and would you move in this room this morning, and would you speak to us individually in your name? We're going to play one more song, and I just want to open up the altar. If God is calling you um, into a missional life, if you want to dedicate your life this morning and say, I'm going to live for him, then the altar is open for you to come and lay it down. If you haven't accepted God as your Lord and Savior, I also want to open the altar up to you. Um, if, you, if you want to, to come accept him. But I want you to know what you're accepting. You're accepting him as your Lord and as your Savior. It's not a 50% thing. It's not a 25% thing. It's a 100% thing. It's 24-7. Um, but he is a graceful God, and he loves you very much. And he wants you to be um, in his body. Thank you all.